JM and the AM on this Rosh Chodesh Sivan. Guess what? This coming Saturday night, Shavuos, the holiday of Shavuos. There's a brand new book distributed by uh, Feldheim. It is a book called Inside Akdamus and Yitziv Piskam. Many of you may know that on Sunday morning, we say Akdamus on the first day of Shavuos. On the uh, on the second day of Shavuos, I, I guess only in Chutzlaretz, right? I, I assume they don't say it in Israel, although maybe I'll ask our author and find out. Uh, we say Yitziv Piskam, and the book is called Inside Akdamus and Yitziv Piskam, Shavuos's Hidden Treasure Demystified at Last. Aryeh Pinchas Strickoff is the uh, author of the book. He also, you may recall, wrote the uh, Inside Hanukkah and Inside Purim books, and he joins us live via telephone. Uh, Rabbi Aryeh Pinchas Strickoff, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much, Nachum. Good morning. Good morning to you. You know what I said earlier? I said that uh, we say Akdam was Sunday morning, but for a lot of people, it's still going to feel like Saturday night. <laughs> That's certainly true. <laughs> you know that feeling, Shavuos morning, when when, when Akdamus starts and everybody's like, oh, let's go. we got to speed up davening here a little bit at 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, it's rare. You have to admit that it is rare in Jewish history. Um, it does happen, but it's rare that, that Tfilot... Uh, are added um, to the repertoire of a holiday. You know, most of our uh, Shabbos and holiday davening is uh, is established and uh, has a system, and 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 most seem identical to the other. And then you get to the Torah reading part of the service on the first day of Shavuos, and out of nowhere, instead of just proceeding with the Aliyah of Kohen, we start reciting an Aramaic poem called Akdamus. Am I am I right that as Jewish tradition goes, this is a relatively strange innovation? Well, I'd say that uh, really nowadays it seems that way, but Akdamus is really a holdover from yesteryear, uh, because in, uh, in the old days, the, the reading of the Torah was uh, performed slightly differently. Uh, after the destruction of the first Beis Hamikdash, and the Jews were mostly uh, exiled to, ba- to Babel, to Babylon, where they didn't really uh, the, the, the language there was Aramaic uh, as opposed to Hebrew. A lot of the Jews lost their understanding of Hebrew, and so a problem came to be that they did not understand the reading of the Torah. So uh, Chazal, the rabbis, instituted that there would be a uh, line-by-line translation of the Torah into Aramaic. So you'd read one pasuk, and then you'd read the Aramaic translation to that. And that went on for a good thousand years from, from that time. Only started to uh, dissipate in uh, the 12th century, approximately. And for the special days, so, such as Shavuos or Pesach, they would actually have an introduction to the, the Aramaic reading and uh, to get everybody in the mood, sort of. Uh, and it was, it's also the word Akdamas means introduction itself, Hakdama. Ah. Uh, and they, uh, and, it, would, and it, would, it would precede the first the translation of the first pasuk, the first, the first verse. But as time went on, people stopped understanding Aramaic, and the Shulchan Aruch says, why are we even doing this if we don't understand it? Right. So it started to, as the practice started to fade away, so did all these other introductory poems. But Agdamos stayed with us, and Yitziv Piskam. And it really attests to the specialness of Agdamos, and uh, really it's our connection when you read it, really what comes out from it and brings you to a sense of preparation for the receiving of the Torah, which is, while it happened way back then, every Shavuos, we re-accept the Torah upon ourselves. 
pretty amazing, I'll tell you. Um, it, it, when you think about it, it's really a, a, a beautiful custom and a great addition to the, the service. By the way, am I right that we traditionally, and I think I have this right, we, we, we say Akdamas before or after we say Vyazar, before or after we call up the coin? We say it before, it, it, right? It's, it's right after the coin is called up. Oh, so it's after the coin is called up. And, and it's, is that consistent throughout the entire Jewish world, or at least the part that says Akdamas? So you're hitting on a, in a very important halachic uh, question. Uh, so generally that is mostly consistent today. But originally, because the way it worked was that the first, um, the, the first pasuk was read, then the translation was read, it originally was, as I said before, the first pasuk was read, then Yakudamus was read, and then the first pasuk translation was read. Right. So when the, when the translation was abandoned, it continued that way. But a lot of halachic authorities had a problem with that because it created a hefsake, an halachic right. interruption right. Uh, between the first pasuk of the Torah and the continuation of that. So uh, several hundred years ago, the Taz primarily uh, stood up and said, we really need to change this and move it up before the Kriyasa Torah, the reading of the Torah, starts. And most communities uh, do it that way. There are some still that uh, maintain the old custom. For example, I know the Breuer's community in Washington Heights continues to do it the, uh, uh, the, the way that was done for many years. But most communities say it right before, right after the coin is called up, but before the, uh, the Torah reading is commenced. All right. I, I need you to review that. I, I, I apologize for making you repeat. But so when you say the custom and the way it's done for many years, you, you mean what then? That the Breuer's community will be doing what on Sunday morning? So, so they will be reading the first pasuk of they will the coin will be called up right. say the bracha they'll right. read the first pasuk of the Torah right. and then they will read Agdamos. Most communities don't do that today. Most communities the coin is called up right. you read Agdamos. So Agdamos is completed, then the coin will say the bracha and the, the so, reading of the Torah. Commission. So now you've just taught me at least two things. Number one, I assume that that's why we do Yitziv Piskam the way we do that we read one pasuk and then insert the poem. Would that be accurate? That, we, that is correct. We're following the same formula as Akdamas. And the other thing is, as a kid, listen to this story. As a kid, um, I was told by a Kohen that, that he was called up and then somebody collapsed in shul. Now, when someone collapsed in shul, um, the, 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 how do I put this? The warning would go out that Kohanim should leave because, you know, it's very possible that this person, you know, that this person may have lost his life. I I think you understand what I'm saying. So they did not allow him to leave the room. In other words, his instinct was that, uh uh-oh, Ko and him are leaving, you know, I should leave. They didn't let him leave because he already had made the bracha over the the aliyah. So now that story makes sense to me because, in fact, there are many, there's some shuls, as you just pointed out, that not only would read it after Vyazar, but would actually read it after the Torah reading started. Yeah, Interesting, right? Sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it's I guess it's just a proof to the uh, uh, to the custom. Uh, Arye Pinchas Strickoff is with us. It's uh, inside Akdamus and Yitziv Piskam. Shvuas is hidden treasure, demystified at last. Am I right that they do not read Yitziv Piskam in Israel? It's not read because there's only one day of Yontif in Israel. Right, and that's as simple as that. Yitziv Piskam is done on the second day. Of Shavuos. All right, so let's do the themes of Akdamus now because um, uh, you've divided this up into sections in trying to explain uh, what Akdamus is, is is telling us, teaching us, and what it is that we're saying, right? As we as we repeat Correct. these psukim, yeah. and Akdamus is read in the style of um, the uh, uh, the leader reading uh, the first line, 
uh, first two lines, depending on how you look at it, in your sitter or in your moxer. And then the uh, congregation uh, will say the next two lines, right? That's essentially how it's it's responsibly, responsibly yeah. like that Correct. Uh, until you get to the end. So now, how would you categorize the different sections of Akdamus and the themes that are included in them? Well, it starts out, and as I said, Akdamus is an introduction. Right. And uh, so we first ask permission of Hashem and all the listeners in Shul uh, to read, because again, this goes back to, uh, to yesteryear, to read the, uh, the, the Targum translation of the, of the, of the Torah reading uh, for the Aser Sadibros, for the, this, the reading of the Matan Torah. And then it goes right into a description of the greatness and glory of Hashem. Mm-hmm. And most people are familiar with the beginning where it talks about if all the trees in the world were pens, and all the skies were parchment, and all the bodies of water were ink, that would not be enough of um, raw materials to even write down all the greatness, to describe all the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because it is just infinite. It, it, he's, he's just it, he's, he's not, he's indescribable. But then he goes on to say, well, we still can recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's greatness in different ways. So he goes on, the first way we can recognize his greatness is that we see that he created the world, and the poetry with it was in which Rabbi Meir Schatz, the author of Agdambas, describes how Hashem created the world is just, is just amazing. You feel so, it really, it's really uplifting. And then he goes into another way we can recognize is to see how the angels in Shemayim praise and, ho- and praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu every day when they recite the Kedusha prayer, which we say every day during Shemon Esrei, when the Chazan repeats Shemon Esrei, but they say in a, in a tremendous magnanimous way in Shemayim, seeing the imagery and how they discuss it, and you actually feel like you're there. Really, you can appreciate uh, the tremendous, uh, the tremendous uh, uh, magnificence uh, of, uh, of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that's basically the first theme, which describes the greatness and d- describes the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Pretty amazing, I'll tell you. Uh, and it continues with more beautiful themes. It continues with the uh, description of the award the reward that awaits the righteous at the time of the redemption, Olam Haba, uh, reward of the uh, epic battle and great banquet of the Livia Sun. Uh, I mean, you have a lot of different things that are not dumbest that are, uh, you know, it's hard to believe that so much was packed into one big poem, you know? It, it, really, it really is amazing. And really, uh, I mean, it starts out, like I said, with the greatness and glory of Hashem, right. but then it talks about the greatness and glory of the Jewish people and goes through the different steps. Importantly, it describes how we're greater than the, the angels because we do everything for Hashem with our own free will. They get to praise Hashem once, you know, once a day or sometimes once in a lifetime, depending what kind of angel you are. But the Jewish people, three times a day, we get to say Shema. We get to be the Hashem's emissaries in this world to, to carry out His plans for the world. And then it goes on to show also why the Jewish people are great, because when this poem was written, which was in the Middle Ages, uh, the, the author, Rabbi Meir Schatz, was actually one of Rashi's rabbeim. So he lived in the 10 hundreds, uh, the 11th century, and during that time there was a lot of persecution of the Jewish people, and the Christians were trying to convert us at every turn. And one of the things that they really tried to employ were these debates. They pulled, they pulled in, in whether it was a priest or sometimes with a Jewish apostate, they forced the Jews to debate them, and these, uh, these debates were actually very unfair. Uh, they would often uh, uh, restrict the Jews of what they were allowed to say, and at the same time, they weren't, the Jews were not allowed to respond to the Christian arguments. And so whether the Jews won or not, it would always be announced at the end that the Christians won, and as, uh, as uh, Rivera Wine uh, says, an invitation to a, 
a disputation is an invitation to a pogrom, because that's always what happened. So there was a lot of pressure on the Jews, yet they always stood firm. They never wavered, and they came out holding the flag of Yiddishkeit and connecting to Kodesh Baruch Hu, no matter what happened. And you come out of that, you see, and it shows Hashem's love for us and how He stood by us and we stood by Him. And one of the arguments is that the, 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 the Jewish nation say, look, look, look what we can, we'll make you, we'll, we'll, we'll make you, we'll give you so much honor, just join our ranks. And they say, how, how can, how can, uh, how can, um, how can you give us what we have for Kodesh Baruch? You can't even match, match anything close to what he can give us. And he describes, the poem goes on to describe the reward that we receive in Shemayim at the end of time in the world to come in Gan Eden. And then, as you mentioned, the, the, uh, the famous uh, battle that's going to happen between a great fish, the Leviathan, and a great uh, ox called the, the Shorhabor, or the Behemoth, which uh, God created them at the beginning of time, but they were so big that they would consume the world. So we hid them away for the tzaddikim, for the righteous at the end of time. And these two animals were gonna, are going to engage in a tremendous joust. And at the same time, they're going to slaughter each other. The horns of the ox are going to go into the fish at the same time. The Leviathan's razor-sharp scales are going to enter into the, into the ox, and then the tzaddikim are going to eat the meat of these animals. Under, as we say, you know, when we leave the sukkah, we always say, uh, we should be zocha, we should merit sitting under the sukkah of the orshel of yosan, the skin of the yosan. We're going to sit under a sukkah of the, of the skin of the yosan, and this is going to be an ultimate simcha, a simcha, a happiness that's never-ending. In this world, we have happiness, but it's finite. There, it's a an, never-ending simcha. When we read this poem, and we go through it, and we see how privileged we are to be part of the Jewish people and close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how we love Him, He loves us. You come out of this poem, you are ready to accept the Torah. We know in Shavuos we accept the Torah again, just like we did at the time of Matan Torah. We are, you come out so excited, so, so, so uplifted. That is what Agdamas does for us, and that is why, out of all the other poems that might have been in the other Torah, this one stood the test of time, and we still say it every year Rabbi, for Kriyas Torah. Rabbi Aryeh Pinchas Strickoff, the book is Inside Akdamos. I assume it's available everywhere, right? Oh, everywhere Jewish books are sold, and on Feldheim.com. Uh, who came up with the tune for Akdamos? Any idea? That I'm not sure. I know it's a very ancient tune, and uh, when you hear that tune, you know, I know everybody does. If you feel inside that welling up of that shuas, that special yumptive shuas feeling. And, do, you, uh, do you sort of regret that for half the people who stay up all night, it's, uh, they're, they're, very, they're very sleepy during Dumbus and may not appreciate it as much as they should? That's why I wrote the Safer. That's why I want to <laughs> renew. we got to renew and bring back the appreciation and understanding. You know, a lot of the translations out there, they're good, but they're, some of them are, the, the, the wording of Akdamas is very hard, very hard Aramaic, and so the translation sort of reflects that. My book comes out, I take, make an elucidating translation, so it actually flows like a narrative, and when you read it, you really can feel it, and that's what I want to bring back. So when we're falling asleep, we won't be falling asleep. Actually, we'll wake us up. By the way, I, I'm telling you, Akdamas, based again on your translation, what I've seen in the book, it's sort of like a musr safer, frankly. It's like it's it's very inspiring in terms of you know knowing our place in the world and uh, our our role, Torah's role, God's role, etc. There's a lot of very you know heavy spirituality here that people appreciate. They go through the words carefully. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you didn't love my Cohen story, right? No, I mean you know it's <laughs> it really <You> happened. Know, <laughs> It's an interesting thing because, um, actually, you know, um, the, the, the author of uh, Romeo Schatz was from Worms, Germany, from Varmeisa. Right. And um, the community of Worms actually did not recite Agdamas on Shuas because there's actually a similar story. When you said that, it reminded me of that story. I mentioned in a footnote in the book that um, they said it, it was said for many years, and then one year the person leading Agdamas suddenly died right there. 
wow. in the rural necessitation. So, uh, so uh, it was not said there further. But uh, that did not stop the rest of the world of it going out. Um, and by the way, in the story, in the book, I also bring down um, the, the story that many people know. It's sort of a, uh, uh, a legendary story about, uh, about Rav Meir Schatz, about how the, 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 the poem, he came to write the poem. Maybe many people learned it when they were in their childhood years of uh, how there was a Jewish community um, and, uh, and uh, they, were un- they were put under the threat of this uh, priest who wanted to annihilate them. And they had to engage in a debate. Um, and uh, they were given some time to prepare, and they needed to find somebody who could uh, debate this priest, because this priest was able to engage in some form of witchcraft. And so what they did was uh, they figured that they have to go find a Jew who can stand up to him, and where would they find him? On the other side of the Sambachon River, which is a mystical river that uh, many people may have learned about. Uh, and it's, it's a river that rests on Shabbos. Um, but throws rocks during the week. So you, it's like a very violent river, a mystical river. You can't cross because it's lethal. But on Shabbos, you can't cross because it'll be Chil Shabbos. You'll violate the Shabbos to cross it. But, of course, we know when uh, life is in danger, you're allowed to cross, you're allowed to do anything almost uh, uh, to, to save a life on Shabbos. So they selected Rav Meir Schatz to cross this river to find a Jew who can debate um, who can debate uh, this priest, uh, but he would not be able to return back. He'd be lost behind, that, behind the river because um, uh, he wouldn't be able to return back because he, he wouldn't be saving a life to return back, but the Jew on the other side of the river would be able to, to, to return back. Who are the Jews on the other side of the river? Well, it's brought down that, you know, when the ten tribes were exiled, many of them were exiled behind this river, and they, were, and they, and they stayed there, and they were more of a lofty level, sort of on the level they were exiled during the time of the first base of Migdash. They were holding from that level during the time of the first base of Migdash. So he went there on Shabbos. He sent back this other Jew on Shabbos, and before he sent it back, he wrote because this occurred before Shavuos, he gave him the he gave him uh, taught him the Akdamas, and he said, "When you get back, please teach it to the entire Jewish community." And he came back. He debated the priest. They won the debate. The priest uh, met his end, and the Jews were saved. And he spread Akdamas. So there's uh, you know it, there's a lot of uh, whether it's true, whether it's not, whether there's a kernel of truth in the story or not. But I talk about it. I talk about the history and many gedolim who actually give veracity to the story and how they do so. Very, very fascinating. So it's brought down in my book as well. Very cool. Inside Akdamas, check it out, everybody. It is uh, a, the perfect addition to your Shavuos Sunday morning. Um, enjoy it. Inside Akdamas and Yitziv Piskam. Aryeh Pinchas Strickoff. Rabbi Strickoff, I thank you. Hatzlach on the book. I hope a lot of people out there explore it and enjoy it. Thank you very much, and a good yontif to everybody. Have a wonderful yontif. More coming up at JM in the AM. <laughs> 